Welcome to the New Front Door podcast, with practical advice and fundamental principles to help churches and Christian ministries communicate, promote, plan, and support loving community and gospel proclamation. For more information, visit newfrontdoor.org. Hi, welcome to the New Front Door Church IT Guild podcast and uh, an episode on managing your church's documents. <laughs> How much more boring can it get? And yet this is something I'm really passionate about um, because having access to the information you need when you need it um, and the how-tos you need when you need it and uh, the kind of corporate memory of what we did in the past when you need to remember it um, it just, it saves you so much time, saves you so much running around circles. It makes you as a ministry smarter. Um, and yet so often this stuff is not done at all or done badly and madly and inconsistently. And so, so much time and energy is, is wasted. It's, it's wasted simply because we can't get it together in the area of documentation. Um, <laughs> so, um, so that's what we're going to focus on today in this episode. Um, so the, the first thing up front I want to say is that it is really important to get into the habit of keeping records um, and writing out guidelines and doing reports um, and job descriptions. Uh, that stuff will really help you later. Um, it's a hassle because it's more admin. It's a hassle because you've got to type it up and save it and dig it out. Um, it's a hassle because in the immediate, the organic and the relational seems fine. Like you can remember. It's easy just to say it. Um, uh, everyone knows. But it, it's amazing how quickly, how quickly as volunteers move on and as time passes, you forget. And what was obvious suddenly becomes, oh, I can't remember now. What was the thing? Like very quickly in like a church plant or a new ministry, very quickly you begin to go, oh, didn't we do a thing with, uh, oh, wasn't there a thing about the, and, and, and so you're, you've got amnesia as a ministry. It's a particular killer for the things that you do regularly, so you need to remember, but you do irregularly, so you always forget. So it's often enough, you need to keep coming back to it and doing it again, but it's not often enough, like maybe once a year, like a conference or a camp or something, that every, or, or some like data import thing you have to do with some software you've got once a year, that every time you come back to it, you can't remember again how you did it last time. Um, and often that then gets made worse because it's regular enough that it's familiar, that you're more likely to kind of think it's fine and half do it, but miss out the best ways. Um, so one of the things that actually can make a huge difference and is really worth considering putting some time and effort into is this area of, of documentation, record keeping, report writing, um, job description stuff, and actually going into starting a new ministry. Some of these things, if you can set them up before you even begin, then that's time you're saving yourself later. You can predict some of these things in advance. So you don't need to wait to find out, will we need a crèche? You know you need a crèche, so why not write the guidelines in the pre-planting phase so that then you can benefit from it down the track and don't have to dump that job on someone else? Yeah, it's, 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 a, real, it's a real good thing to go. So that's the first thing to say. The second thing to say is um, you, you want these things to be thorough, 
but they'll also always be imperfect. You want these things to be thorough, but they'll almost always be imperfect. So there's this tricky perfectionist balance you've got to deal with there. Like a job description will almost immediately go out of date as things evolve and change. Um, uh, Guidelines will almost inevitably be confusing to somebody, you know, or have the formatting not quite right. Um, I mean, a big one of these is like um, screenshots or live screen videos. Really helpful. Super helpful when you can visually see what you need to do. However, it takes a lot of time to do that stuff and edit that stuff. and It takes significantly an extra amount of time to do that. And often those kind of software layout things change and so you have to go back and then edit that stuff and so that takes a significant amount of time again. So the area where those visual things are most helpful often are the kinds of things where changes happen fairly regularly as well. And so it just compounds. And so although screen recordings and images and stuff are really helpful, on the other hand, bear in mind the time and admin and repetition sync uh, that can be sucked into. Um, So, you know, and I guess to begin with, it's okay if it's just okay. You can always improve next time and improve the time after that. And, and slowly build up. You know, it's okay for it to work that way around. Um, uh, yeah, so that's the second thing. So the first thing is you've got to start doing this. The second thing is, um, you know, make it as good as you can, but realise it'll always be imperfect and, and something's better than nothing, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. Um, and a third thing is develop templates uh, for some of these things. So there are certain things that it's helpful to have for every similar type of thing. Um, and so you don't want the report from the conference to be different from the report from the mission event, to be different from the report for the training program, to be different from the report for the small groups. Because there is a bunch of stuff you kind of need from all of them. You don't you won't want the budget for this to be different from the budget for that. You don't want the um, job description for this role to be different from the job, you know. And so a template is again a really important, valuable thing to um, uh, to work up so that once you realise something's useful in one area, it gets applied to every area through the templates. Yeah? Um, that's that's a really helpful thing as well. Uh, and a fourth thing, headings, structures, bullet points, um, and, uh, and kind of um, writing it for the future are all important things and how you write these guidelines. So, so let me try and break this down. Um, headings make something easy to visually digest. Structure, again, helps things become intellectually easy to, you know, so you've got to, don't just have three pages of bullet points, but a, a kind of sections, introduce sections as soon as something gets past about half a page. Um, uh, and then writing something so it's repeatable into the future, that is, you don't want to say, if you've got an issue, see Mikey, because what about when Mikey changes job? Why see Mikey? Who's Mikey? Better to say, when there's a problem, see the leader of this team who might change. It might be Mikey, it might be someone else. You know what I mean? So add in things that can be swapped in and out down the track as well. Um, explain who, when you mention someone in a report, explain why that person is a person so that we can kind of remember that stuff. Um, but then there's a lot of stuff with these guidelines and these reports and these things that, that come down to where we find them, where we store them, how we 
edit them. Um, because often that's where they stop being useful, is if they're hard to find or they're out of date, um, uh, then that becomes quicker and easier, it feels like, just to start all over again. And so this is where the actual management of a document or library or a filing system is really important for the ongoing use of this stuff. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about some basics about filing structure and naming and then about the maintenance of it. Um, so I'll talk about the, the structure and then about the maintenance. But before I get to that, the best way for most of this stuff nowadays is, um, is through a cloud storage system. Google Drive, Dropbox, um, uh, New Front Door tends to go with the Office 365, OneDrive, using SharePoint libraries. So OneDrive, I mean, they're all the same. They're all pretty much the same kind of thing. And, and most of these, you can get good pricing or free in the case of Office 365 if you're a, um, if you're a not-for-profit, which is really awesome. Um, and so you want to set something like that up that doesn't live with you individually, isn't a private thing, but is a, and you don't have multiple of them. You want to have it managed by the ministry itself, owned by the ministry itself, administered by the ministry itself, that can then stick with the ministry as people come and go, assign access permissions as people come and go, um, live with the ministry. Um, and, and this then becomes an online storage filing system that people can access wherever they are, from computers and devices, um, access the stuff they have the permission to access, um, edit it, and the edits immediately then get shared with everybody. So everybody always has the most latest version rather than printing out something and sharing it around and then it gets updated, but then you have to email everybody and tell them to throw out the old one and replace it with a new one and this whole process. By far, that's the best. Although there still will be some stuff that will need to be paper filed somewhere. And again, you want a central location that's owned by the church, that lives with the church, that stays with the church, um, that follows a lot of these same principles. Um, there'll be some stuff that will always be there. And some of that stuff for me is just stuff that it's um, like notes for meetings, um, like one-to-one -one time meetings. It's just easier to do it handwritten. Um, and once it's done handwritten, if I've got a filing cabinet and I can just put it into it, why would I bother scanning and saving online? It's just adding extra steps that... I don't need it that much <laughs> to have to do that, you know. So I may as well just kind of keep the paper version um, for the amount that I'll need it. Um, so then, let's talk structuring, naming, all that kind of stuff. Um, the basic thing with this, with, with these two points really, is have a structure is the first thing. Maintain the structure is the second thing. I mean, that's the, the basic. Have a convention, how things are saved, how things are named, where they're saved, where they're named, and then maintain that. So have someone who keeps on top of that, who tidies it up, who flushes things out, who who gives feedback to people when they drop the ball on that, who trains people in how to do that. The reason for that is, if you don't know where something is or what something is, you stop trusting the system and you just go, it's easy for me to start all over again. And as you do that, you then create a new thing and so now you've had extra doubt because you now go, now there's two things, maybe saved in separate places with different names that together have all the information and some of it's out of date and very soon these cloud things become, you know, multiple copies of documents and it just becomes a mess, you know. Um, Easy collaborative software doesn't remove the responsibility 
from managing and stuff. You still need to tidy it all up. Um, so my recommendations are a couple of recommendations. First of all, resist the urge of creating folders until you have to. Because folders, like, like when you get past you know, about, um, about 20 things, you do need folders to, um, and subfolders and sub-subfolders to, to make things a bit more digestible. But as soon as you create folders, things are hidden. And as soon as you create subfolders, you get then multiple places where things can be hidden. And that just multiplies, multiplies, multiplies. You've got to click through this thing, then click through that thing, and then click through, it gets hidden. So, so don't go straight to folders until you have to, is a first um, recommendation. You know, so it's, and especially if file naming is clear, you can actually easily manage 20 things or even 30 things, and it's, you don't feel the need for folders because of the way something is, is managed. That's the first bit of advice. Um, a second bit of advice is um, separate out archived stuff from procedure stuff, from kind of live information stuff. So let me give you an example. You're running a, a church camp. Uh, there's archive stuff, which is information from who attended last year and what the timetable was last year. That's archive stuff. Then there's current stuff, which is um, the timetable for this year and who's registered this year and letters and emails and photos for this year. Um, and then there's, like, there's the procedure stuff, which is the guidelines for how to run the camp, the job description for different roles on the camp. So see how those three things are separate? And I think they're the three main categories that are really helpful in most ministry document libraries to make sure you keep separate. So you don't want to have in the one folder a jumble of past stuff, present stuff, and kind of timeless guideline stuff. Um, partly because it doesn't you need to think about these things separately. You need to think of them as separate types of things. Um, if you make a change to a plan, for example, you need to change the plan for this year and ask the question, should we update the guidelines to now reflect this change for next year? Do, do you see what I mean? And so there's several types of work as you're working on something that the committee or the leader needs to do. They need to reference the past, manage the future, but then also uh, maintain the standard. Um, and so those three separate categories. Um, and I find it helpful with, with those kind of crucial folders. A way to make folders rise to the top of the list is you just put a symbol at the start of the file name, like underscore. Underscore archive means that archive sits at the top of all the other folder names and file names in a window a document window, um, and similarly underscore procedure or underscore how-to or whatever, um, we'll push that right up to the top as well. Um, uh, same, 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 just the same kind of thing. Um, uh, and so that's, that's helpful to make those folders kind of stand out um, as a thing. Second thing um, is the actual file naming. Again, a convention for file naming helps these document libraries become useful longer because you can see what you're looking at easily and quickly and you can find what you're looking for easily and quickly. Um, and so, and again, it doesn't really matter what it is as long as you have something and you maintain it. But my recommendation, just so to give you an example, is to the first thing in a document name actually to be the type of document it is. So agenda as opposed to minutes. That way, in one window 
um, you can see um, all the agendas where the first word in the file name is agenda, all the agendas will be grouped together in one group and then all the minutes will be grouped together in another group. And so you can easily work out which one you're looking for. Am I looking for agendas or am I looking for minutes? You know, I mean, alternatively, if, if you could choose to put date first and then it will group everything for you that's at the same date at the same point so that, um, again, same kind of thing. You can find everything you want where you want it easily. Um, so it's a, a second version of the same kind of thing. Um, uh, but I prefer words. I think that's because I feel like words immediately... I'm thinking in words first, but if you think in terms of numbers and dates and that's helpful, then that could well be better, you know, so, so, um, uh, so, so beginning with something that can group everything together, always the same thing is really helpful. Then you describe what it is, so it's an agenda for this or that meeting, this staff meeting, you know, and then date, um, and with date, Again, you want to group things together. The common factor is not which day of the month something meets. You don't want to see everything grouped together. Agenda, staff, 23rd of May. You, know, you don't want to see everything grouped together on the 23rd of a month. What use is that to you? You want things grouped together in the same year. So put the year first, and that will actually, in the way things are grouped, group them together in your thingo so that you can see the full year, so uh, the full four digits of a year. Um, 2022020 is the first thing that'll group everything for 2020 together. And then the next most relevant thing is to see things according to the calendar month. Because again, more relevant to you is I want to find the June agenda, not, you can't even remember what day the meeting was in in June. That's not relevant to you. Um, and so often you can just get away with 202006 because um, you just want to find the stuff for June. Done. Um, but if there's, you know, something happens weekly or in general it's just helpful to keep that extra bit of data, then, then last of all you put what day of the month it's on. So 2020-0623 for the 23rd of June 2020 is the best way to do it. And then afterwards you can put other notes like draft or uh, Mikey's edits or third edit or something like this. That's the way I kind of uh, go for it. In the end there, there's probably variations of this and preferences for this. Um, but it, it is so helpful. It is something that when you get sent things from other people, it's worth changing the file naming they've chosen and changing it to the file naming you use. Um, and you need someone to manage more of this in a second, manage the document library, train people and give feedback to people and tidy things up to match that way so that you can see what you're looking at and see the multiple versions of what you're looking at. Really helpful, really important. Um, uh, is that, that final naming. And similarly, kind of the folder naming as well. Um, uh, less so, but that, that helps similarly um, uh, with that kind of thing. Just means you can quickly see what you need, where it is, which number it is, done. Really helpful. All that kind of stuff can be done at a scan rather than having to read the full name. And by and large, go for fairly long file names is fine. Try to abbreviate things down to um, 
uh, initials and um, little code words and, and, and having underscores between words. We don't need these things in the future. In the future, you can have spaces between words and a file name. You don't need underscores. Um, and in the future, you can have fairly long file names. And that's all right. You don't need to sort of shrink them all down to kind of complex codes. Again, it just makes it more likely to be more easy to see quickly what you're looking at and deal with it. Um, so that's, that's some advice on file saving. Maybe one other thing is you want to be saving in formats that most people can access. So if only some people are Mac users who use pages, then saving things in pages doesn't help. Far better to agree that everybody can open stuff in docx format, and so use that or so on. Uh, but again, saving editable formats helps. So if it's something you did, and then you've exported it as a PDF, well then someone can't edit it later. So saving editable version really helps if the PDF isn't easy to edit. Um, last of all, then managing the document filing system. Um, yeah, web collaborative software doesn't remove the need for this. Sharing and mutually collaborating on a Google Doc um, or uploading into a cloud storage thing doesn't remove the need to actually process and consolidate and tidy up and decision make around things. It, it, you can't get away from the need to manage and be the librarian. Who's going to be the librarian? I think this is something that's the boring part of being a leader, but the leaders just need to deal with and go, yep, it's part of my job. They just stop stop shirking a responsibility. If you want the perks of being a leader, you've got to take the pains of being a leader. And for some of us, the pains of that is doing the administration properly. But the benefits to you, as well as to everybody else, is far too high to be sloppy in this area. So uh, that's I think it's a leadership thing. Ultimately, I don't think this... I mean, I know many who are here and use this podcast will be in the administrative side of, of ministry and church. But ultimately, I want and pray and hope that we can build up the number of leaders who share this responsibility and this commitment because I see the value of it. And so it becomes something that when you get oriented and onboarded into a ministry staff position or a team leadership position... You're instructed and persuaded and explained to and expectations are set around these things um, and that there are people who often might be administrative people as well as staff who go through and tidy things up because inevitably things will get messy. And of course, over time, things will need archiving. Um, uh, it's unavoidable that there won't sometimes be clashes between different versions of a document being uploaded to the cloud and all these kinds of things. But that work needs to be done. Someone needs to do it. And it ensures the ongoing value of this stuff. If it's a mess, it may as well not have it. Um, and it also is a little habit, organisational habit to build into things. That as something new gets done, you ask the person, could you do, jot up some guidelines? As a decision gets made, we say, oh, can we make sure that's put in the guidelines? As a change is adjusted or as a ministry is completed, we ask, let's do a report on that and save the report. Um, ensure that we get, um, get this historical record and this memory to make us smarter, to make us faster, to make the giving the job to the next person easier. Um, a little bit of pain for a massive amount of benefit. <laughs> well, there you go. That's one of my little, um, little passions. <laughs> um, all the best with figuring it out. This podcast was brought to you by New Front Door, the church IT guild.
New Front Door exists to help churches and Christian ministries to use IT tools to support IT volunteers, to love people, and proclaim the gospel more deeply, efficiently, and effectively. For more information, visit newfrontdoor.org.